Cool. So today is the day that we've all been waiting for. We finally learn what it is that happens in Amazing Spider-Man 26. Because, of course, we all waited, you know, until today, June 1st, uh, to learn that. Well, I guess it would have been yesterday uh, to learn this information. It's not like we got spoiled or anything. It's not like, um, you know, as Kale pointed out to me, the entire comic was posted on Twitter or anything like that. It's not as if two weeks ago the whole thing was spoiled. So, you know, strap in. We've got a lot to talk about with it when it comes to this book. And it's it's not like the company itself spoiled the, the issue. No. Yeah, no. Uh, so we're going to be talking a lot about that. We've got actually five books that we want to discuss today. Um, so in addition to the aforementioned Amazing Spider-Man, as you can see, I have the spoiler variant and i will flip that over when it is time to discuss the book um but in addition to that we've got power wait, girl special wait, sorry wait wait what, what cover you got there sean power girl one uh, art germ probably yeah looks like it look yeah it's an art germ yeah yeah oh I know, I know an art germ cleavage when i see one i mean you you what you mean is you know a power girl drawing when you see it True, true. If we were doing Journey into Quistery, R.I.P., and you had to draw a character, I'm sure everyone could do a Power Girl. Yeah, wouldn't be too hard. Exactly. Uh, we've got World Tree number two, the Rocketeer number one. Very uh, interesting that we're reviewing that, and then the North Valley Grimoire number one. And I actually, I I got to mm. show this, and I feel like such a such Let's a see that bag one, right now. Hold on, because I, I have I have this, and actually we have someone joining us now, uh, Tyler, if you're ready for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. So Marco is actually joining us. But I have this cover. This is the cover A for North Valley Grimoire. But I also, I had to do it. I had to double dip because I needed the Sean Gordon Murphy variant as well. So I had to pick up both. How much did that, um, did that one cost uh, an actual rent deposit? Or uh, did you have to put anything uh, on that? No, three ninety nine. No. Oh, okay. This is Sean Murphy, so I wasn't sure. Thank you, everybody. Uh, As the listeners have requested, I've made it. Uh, you know, it's been a long time coming, but uh, I'm back. We're back in it, baby. And I'm here interrupting Sean, as is the MO on this show. Love it. I love that he's switching uh, absolutely right in between switching topics. like we Almost like we planned it. We worked together behind the scenes. That's kind of crazy. We 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 would never uh, uh, take a peek behind the kimono, eh, Kale? I mean, a gentle a gentleman wouldn't. Not at what I am. <laughs> we know. By the way, quick hello to everybody that's watching us live. We appreciate you. Let's roll right into Amazing Spider-Man number twenty-six. Now, I have to say this up front: no longer on this podcast will we be holding spoilers for the events in this issue. That is it. The embargo is up. Uh, that's it. We're done. So I'm going to turn the cover, and you guys will see the spoiler if you're watching live. And, of course, we will say what happened. So if you don't want to hear, now is your out. Where's my spoiler oh, alert button? One second. Hold on. Hold on. I'll see you, Marco. There we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so here we go. So I am turning the cover, which you can see my fingerprints all over that oh, yeah. uh, black I, cover. Hey, don't Hopefully. murder anyone near that. Yeah, I won't. <laughs> don't run that under a black light. But here we go as I unveil the cover that features Spider-Man and many other heroes. Uh, and uh, Spider-Man is holding the body of Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Rip. 
who unfortunately has bit the dust in Amazing Spider-Man number 26. What? Who uh who's that variant by? This yeah. variant. Like Bagley? I think no. it is, but I'm not I'm not 100% sure. Let me see if I can find a credit here. Uh it's uh it's Gary Frank. That's why I got it. Duh, no shit. This okay. is the Gary Frank variant. Yes. Yeah, and it, and, it, and you can tell like it's just so it's just so crisp. It's such a nice cover. Yeah, um, I don't think I've ever seen Gary Frank do Spider-Man. Looks he's, good, huh? He's been doing a, a decent amount of variants for Spider-Man. He did one for uh there was like a secret uh, not secret, Sinister 6 variant he did recently that I used for some kind of social media thing. Uh, I like yeah, the way the thing looks. Up. Hey, thing ring, do your thing, right? Hey, listen, it's Pride Month. Whatever that means. So, Wait, you don't know uh, that you guys course, don't know that reference? Okay. I didn't, but let's yeah. move on. Uh, Zeb Wells wrote it. John Romita <laughs> on art. Scott Hanna and Marcio Menez on inks. Uh, or I'm sorry, Scott Hanna on inks. Marcio Menez and Eric Arsenega on colors. And Joe Caramagna on the letters. So, this is a very, very, you know, we keep calling it like soap opera. Um, and it's very much that it's a very um, uh, this is sequential storytelling at its yeah. most sequential, right? Like this is this this issue picks up like moments after 25 and it's just this big, you know, well, I guess I should say it starts with Kamala Khan um, and her, you know, getting in as a uh, a member of Oscorp um, as an intern of Oscorp. God, page and one, dude. It's just like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. you're you're trying to tie this all up, and it's like, no, I'm sorry, Zeb Wells, you don't get to do that. You don't get away with that, especially when we already know. Like, yeah, it's, like you know, I I can't imagine, you know, they knew that the spoiler was gonna, you know, drop and everything was gonna happen, but. You know, the it, just when you know that that's coming, it's so just like it just it just beat us over the head with it. Like, yeah. Also, I I love John Romita, but why does Kamala look thirty five in that Ooh. opening? Yeah, not. Thing? It's like Romita can only great. draw like adults. Oh, actually, that's it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like teens. No, not really. Children, definitely not. It's like he maybe can't draw well. Uh, No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. We've caught enough shit for your bad takes this week. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. You're not going to. Yeah, you're not going to discredit a legend. We've got to go with a three man uh, scene right now. (laughs) (laughs) This issue is largely just like the, the battle. You know, like this is a this is very much uh, a, a big fight. Um, you know, they're trying to beat. Uh, I can never remember this guy's name. Robin Rabin. 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 Yeah. Uh, so they're just fighting Rabin. And this dude is, you know, transforming and mutating like it's all over the place, which I actually had a lot of fun with. I, I do want to say I, I enjoyed this comic. I'm going to put that out there right now. And if we're going to argue about it, let's do it now. Because I enjoyed this comic book. I have enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man the entire time. And despite the fact that I do not like that Miss Marvel is dead. And I don't like that she died in this comic book. 
I actually think that she died in a heroic way. I mean, of course. And I did. think her death made made a lot of sense. Uh, I will I will say I will say I will dispute that last bit you had there. Um, but I feel like I would have enjoyed this comic if I wasn't so tired of it already. Um, it's two. It's been two weeks dealing with the fallout of a comic I didn't get to read yet. And I think that really took the wind out of my sails for what this issue was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I have been with you, Sean, on this, on this run. I've enjoyed this run so far. I think uh, Paul cucking out Peter is hilarious. <laughs> and I actually kind of enjoy Paul as a character. He's a, he's a weird wild card that I've not seen in Spider-Man in a while. Um, who even becomes more of a wild card in this when we get some actual Paul lore. Um, but, yeah, I, just, I was just like, all right, can we just get past this already? I'm tired of the, like, the discourse around this. Just like, oh, come on. We, we, I already smell this is, this is just mandated so they can get to the next stage of Miss Marvel. I get it. It's fine. Let's get there. Um, and then this issue happened. I'm like, all right, I don't even know when the last time she used her, her uh, uh, mystique-like powers was. Um, I don't even think I didn't know she, I, that I didn't know might she have, could do that. That might not, not have been used since her first appearance in Miss Marvel 1 when she becomes Carol Danvers by accident when she comes out of the cocoon. Um, yeah I, I think you're right which is c- kind of a wild thing to bring back as like a power set even though it was written off as like I don't know like a, an anomaly of her powers um, yeah it's fine let's want to keep going let's go to the next one that's that's my take on it um, I don't I don't I think she died heroically Sean I agree but like of course she did but that's uh, I don't know about that I mean, I mean heroes can go out like chumps if this they made Miss Marvel go out like a chump, they would be the dumbest dumb dumbs on the history of the planet. I mean, I think they are. <laughs> I I don't I I I do think it was a heroic death, but I I think it was. I think she got chumped. You know, I think uh, I think Sean says it all the time. Uh, she got jobbed. Yeah. Um. And I, I uh, otherwise like. To be honest, like I wasn't following the Paul stuff. I didn't understand any of it. But I think the um the actual turn and the reveal, like had I not known what was coming, I like I genuinely was surprised that that it happened. Yeah. Um so like as far as like the story and the comic book. It's perfectly competent. Like I think it it does what it does really well. The problem is what they do. Um, I kind of agree with you, Cal. I think this is like this functions well. Like this as an issue functions well, and I've been uh very far removed from this series. So I came in as let's say I'm just picking this up and let's say I'm reading it for for what it is as the book that it is and I think it all it all plugs in. It all you know checks out the boxes. It, it does what it needs to do. And I think on Zeb Wells' part, that's commendable. Um, following the sort of drama around it, because I knew this was coming, the the twist sort of lost its impact for me. I I think agree would have been more surprised if I didn't know and this had just happened. Like once I I knew it was going to happen, I was just kind of like looking for it. And once you see Mary Jane get stabbed, I'm like, oh, 
I didn't even know that she had transformation powers, but I'm like, surely she did some sort of swap or there's a thing going on. And like, I saw it happen and I saw the, the machinations and the thinking being done. And that part frustrates me sometimes because I don't, I want the suspense and I want the, I want that twist to really like feel uh, and connect with me. And I don't think that it did, but only because I knew what, it, what was going on and because they announced it and they wanted people to know. So I think in that sense, uh, if I've been following the series, I'd feel similar to Tyler where let's, all right, I knew this was coming. Let's just go to the next issue because I'm, I'm ready to see the next, what happens next at, at the very least. Um, but coming in fresh, this worked. Um, it wasn't revelatory. It was, it was just a, a solid comic continuing a story. There was a bit that I want to point out that I thought was good. Um, for all the people complaining about uh, the previous issues with his interaction with the Fantastic Four, you know, Peter, you know, like he just starts punching everyone and nobody listens to him. Like, Zeb knows what he's doing. Like, in this, in this issue, he shows, like, Reed is like, no, I'm with you. I understand. Let's help. Let's not fight. And, like, that's not... People are going to be like, oh, that's a response to the backlash. That's not how comic book writing works. <laughs> um, this was a plan and i think he knew that so that was nice to see that interaction be like a little more typical for spider-man fantastic four interaction yeah uh, but uh, like uh, you're right in principle that obviously this was planned yeah but i still think all of that was wildly out of character and it's more in character for reed to be the adult in the room to go nah it's cool i get it but Peter's past that. So um, this issue pays off a lot of things because there were a lot of questions coming into this. Like if you remove the who will die part, because I, you know, I don't think I don't even think Marvel should have necessarily marketed it that way. But yeah. putting that aside, if you put that aside, um, we learn the origin of Paul. And what's going on with that dude, which we needed to know. And I'm glad that I'm glad that that didn't linger. Like, I'm glad that we got an answer in this comic book. And now the next phase of this book can be, well, okay, now that Mary Jane knows who Paul really is. And and she, she's known, right? She right. has known. But their kids have been the through line. And that's what allowed them to really fall in love because they saw each other as parents and they had a shared mission. Now they don't. So how does their relationship withstand the loss of the children, the death of Miss Marvel because of them, you know, in a sense, um, and all these different things and factors? I think that that's, that's really compelling to me. I want to know what's going to happen. I'm into it. And that has nothing said- to do with Spider-Man. And and he says that as much, right? Like uh, Rabin, when he's doing the spell, like chains you held close to your heart, chains that have served their purpose. Like that's it. Like they, they these these were functional characters. But th- then I got a little confused because is uh, Paul also like a manifestation that can just vanish? Because if they are children and they say this is part of his emissary line, like did they not? Did she not actually give birth? The, oh, she never. That oh, was yeah, never you, you that a issue, part yeah. of the story. Yeah, there, that was. It was never the idea that those were really her and Paul's children. 
Yeah, those are children they, um, that they found. Yeah. And they decided that they needed a rescue because they're kids. And that was Robin's plan the whole time. So they were mm-hmm. never real then. They right. were symbols. They were another one of his magic tricks with the symbology, I'm guessing. That's how I read this issue. Right. Um, I, I just think of the uh, Michael Jordan fuck them kids meme. <laughs> <laughs> I also love that Paul is not like a human person. Um, at least in in terms of like he doesn't he wasn't naturally born or whatever, um, but he just has the his name's just Paul, like, <laughs> like well, that's the given name. He's he like has. Paul Rabin, right? Isn't like that is Paul, Paul Jeremiah Rabin. Man, he's Mormon, isn't he? That dude's Mormon. <laughs> Jeremiah. <laughs> he's in the he's in the he's in the Mormon CU. Uh, that's that's the universe he's in. Oh, man, I love it. And then, you know, the drama and tension was also really high in this issue. And I think Zeb Wells did a really good job of ratcheting up the tension throughout the series to where this issue is is where we're at our highest point. And there really aren't any times where Zeb Wells pumps the brakes. The only scene that kind of does that and I was questioning was... Actually, the scene that Tyler brought up before where we see the Fantastic Four and there's a conversation where they're like, you know, it's all good. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm glad we had this talk, but there's also this mechanical dragon that's killing people right now in this moment. So maybe we should cut the chat. That bothered me. But outside of that, this book stays right on target. And I just I loved all that. Um, Go ahead. I, um, yeah, I think I think the pacing was done well. I, the The only one, the only moment where I thought, and, and again, I haven't read the past stuff here, but uh, coming in fresh, that first page, I'm just like, you're telling me, like, like, are you introducing me because this is where we're finally seeing Kamala come in, and again, knowing what's going to happen. But yeah, I think agreed. That was the only piece that was from a pacing standpoint a bit of like a laggard and even then it was a page um but otherwise this was straight to the point get you get from point a to point b and um i'm sure that if you'd been again following there'd be more of an emotional payoff there let's talk a little bit about mary jane because i i also you know i'm a hater of supporting characters getting powers in general i really don't like that trope um and i was down on mary jane as jackpot however in this issue the fact that she gets to legitimately kick some ass was awesome i did like that when it when when everything's revealed to her and she she just goes i'm gonna kill you and then she says, I'm going to kill you. And she starts using her powers and you can see the tears. And I really think Ramita nailed this moment. You could, you know, the close up on her eye, you see the tears and the powers, you know, kind of manifesting. And then she just blasts him. I, I thought that the, all that was fantastic. And props, I, I feel, to Ramita for delivering on that moment as well. I like mm-hmm. how her power set is just the rolled bones talent for Warcraft rogues. Hell yeah, dude. Like, that's, yep. that's exactly what it is. I think it's cool. 100%. And I like that she has a different kind of agency now. She's always had agency, I think, in terms of, like, female characters that are, you know, like, always tied to a male character. Um, I feel like Mary Jane's always been one of the stronger uh, ones who can stand on her own. Um, and this kind of evolves her agency a bit, which I enjoyed. And I just think it leads yeah. to, like, 
a writer being able to do whatever the hell they want with their powers. Like at one point, didn't she shoot uh, cotton candy out of her powers? I think that was in Dark Web or something like that. Oh yeah, like, that's right. Yeah, it's just wacky. I like wacky shit like that. Overall, um, I think there's a conversation to be had about the marketing of this event, or rather, of this issue and this this arc. Um, I think that people are there. There's also a conversation to be had about people attaching way too much moral value to what happens to comic book characters because there are people saying that they're they're shattered and they're betrayed by comic books and they keep killing women and it's like okay no i'm sorry you know male characters women characters everybody dies and that has to be okay i'm not saying that the way they handled miss marvel's death is good and that can be evaluated but i don't think it's this you know unforgivable sin that Marvel has committed by choosing to kill a character. If they can kill Spider-Man or if they can kill Iron Man or if they can kill Cap, they can 150% kill Miss Marvel. That has to be okay. And if it's not okay for you that that can happen, you probably should not read comics because that's how comic books are. And I don't think that that's inherently wrong. If Batman can die, then Miss Marvel can die. 100%. If only Miss Marvel could die, but Batman could not die, then we'd have a serious problem. Mm. It's not equitable. And I always think my my three my three rules here: uh, get a friend, get some friends, touch some grass, go to therapy. Like if that's a, a life changing event for you, uh, do those, Tyler, do let those me, three, three, three things. Let me tell you from experience, Tyler, doesn't always work. Wow, Paul. Oh. Uh, this was this was my book of the week. I, I think we'll, we'll we'll get back to that, but certainly mm-hmm. a poll. I really enjoyed this a lot. I think Zeb Wells and Ramita Jr. deserve credit for not just giving us a big shock, but packaging it in what I thought was a pretty good issue on a run that's been solid overall. I'd say pull, yeah. Let's show all you yeah. speculators out there. Pull this book. She's permanently dead. She's never coming back. I swear. Uh, pass. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think it's competently done. If you want a Spider-Man book, uh, there's better. Currently, pull. I'm not this, sure about that. But yeah, this was competently done. So pull. Man, bar is low for Marco. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, like, if if it if it works as a comic, it works as a comic. I can't knock it. If I can read it. Top Lane said, I think it's more about her being irrelevant at the moment. Like Marvel can afford to kill her in another character's book. So I'm glad you said that because Marvel and DC both, and you can look at this and it's traceable as far back as 2007, 2008, during the um, Batman RIP. You know, if you look at Batman RIP and the publishing schedule of that juxtaposed with the release of The Dark Knight, you might be surprised. Marvel does this and DC do this non-stop right before a character is going to come out and, and and have their big movie or explosion they die because then they get the opportunity to bring them back to an audience that's waiting for them with a clean slate they just did that with dr strange so i don't think that it's because they think she's irrelevant i think it's because they want to make her more relevant so for the character this is a good thing hmm. yeah i think it's the way this happened that's my only quibble. Yes, that's dumb. I, I've I've seen arguments about 
bridging and and you know the character being uh the only minority character in the white people book that dies and you know i haven't looked in into that too far but uh i i i do think this stinks but yeah i think ultimately i agree she's a superhero like white white people book norman osborne's in this <laughs> Willem Dafoe's the whitest white person. Well, I agree with Tyler. They didn't even wave check him in this issue. Like, where was that? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't trust Ramita. <laughs> wave check him. I don't think you think you think Ramita's wearing a do rag uh, to like get reference yeah. photos out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Kale's calling this one. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's so funny. Wow. All right. Well, we're going to roll right along just as this book will. I'm sure it will be fine. I can't wait to see what they do next. Yes, that's that's going to be fun. Uh, If you want to know what we're up to and what we've got cooking and what we've we've got coming next, uh, this Saturday, Rom V on the main show, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be talking about all of Rom V's books. Um, and asking him a lot of uh, a lot of deep questions because Rom V's got a he's got a good old noggin in the head of his, so uh, we should be able to have a good talk. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to support the show. Uh it uh it it puts some shekels in our pocket and it enables us to you know continue to do what we love and what you guys seem to enjoy. So uh if we're up your alley then head on over to patreon.com slash the comics pals and uh, check it out. Let us know what you think about what we're offering over there. Uh, palling around for those of you who are already on our Patreon or are considering it, we just dropped a new episode. Um, yep. So Tuesday, you know, we talked about, uh, we talked about the internet and we talked about, you know, how it's affected our lives and things like that. So very interesting discussion, honestly, because I thought yeah. I was like very online. Um, and comparatively, Ron and Kale, maybe a little bit more. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, have I think I think the, the three of us kept up with each other pretty well. A lot of times I don't always feel like I contribute anything real oh, good you, in the palin rounds, but in this one, I think I got a pretty choice story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh let's uh let's talk Power Girl special number one. This this was one of two books that uh, came out of the book club poll. We had a tie again, and we said, you know what? Let's just read them both. Um, so this one, of course, written by Leah Williams with art and colors by Marguerite Savage. So I always bungle her name. I don't know why. Uh, Marguerite Savage. Savage. Thank you. What a cool name. Like, why? you could just be Savage, right? But you're Savage. Like the difference between Chandelier and Chandelier. Well, the dif- the difference is how much you paid for it. Uh, yeah, uh, French. You know, hmm? is she French? Anybody know? Is she French? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Marisa Louise also joined her on on colors for this story. So this was a this was a hefty Power Girl story. Um, Seven dollar comic. So you know, well, probably because of the cover I got, it's probably less. Um, in any event. I have not enjoyed the Power Girl stories that we've gotten 
um, at all in this new regime, the Leah Williams stuff. I have not really cared for them much. This was the first issue that really knocked me off my feet and made yeah. me, yeah, made me take cool. a second look and go, oh, actually, I think Leah Williams is on to something. Mm. I thought this was quite space. good. <laughs> Sorry? All she needed was some space to tell a story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, 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 I was a fan of the, the backups, but they felt out of place for where they were. Yeah. Um, I like this as a standalone. Yeah. I really like Marguerite Sauvage art. There's nothing like it out there currently that I can talk about. But uh, yeah. So yeah, I had fun with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really this enjoyed was... this. Uh, unexpectedly. Um, I think I was a bit more in line with you, Sean, where like I, I might have been more hit or miss on the back the the backstories, but this was fun. I love the opening. Just yeah. Dra- drama and like over the top uh uh commercial vibes and you get put into like this just hyper pop world. A lot of fun. I laughed out loud at that page because it's just it's it's like a, like Margot said like a commercial for a fragrance and it, and it ends with sorrow because you don't need a face to turn heads <laughs> like and Johnny Sorrow doesn't have a face so just a just a cute little page I'm sure that's something that Leah Williams was like this is so good I just we need to do it like it doesn't really it doesn't have anything to do I mean it has something to do with the rest of the issue but you don't need it there yeah. but I love it as a pace setter. Um, because as soon as you see that, you know something is wrong. Because what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. It almost felt like oh. those Watchmen uh, interludes with the, the commercials. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Right. Um, I'm unfamiliar with Johnny Sorrow. Kale, this is a JS, JSA character? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't uh, She must have been working overtime to pull that one out of. <laughs> Yeah, I I didn't know who that villain was cool, um, coming into this, but I, this is one of those where it, it it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter if you had a familiarity or not. He's doing what he's doing, and they're just in this, and they got to deal with it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was really smart on Leah Williams. She didn't bog this issue down in anybody's particular backstory, even Power Girls. Like it uses her history, but it uses it in a way that's like the current crisis relates to her past in the sense that she might not be mentally strong enough to overcome this problem. She might succumb to Johnny's sorrow and she has to develop the mental fortitude to deal with this by accepting herself. And I thought that that was really, really, really smart. And Leah Williams got so deep in it that I was like, how much of this is her story? Mm -hmm. You know, like how much of herself did she put into this? This was so good. I, I, it's a good point, Sean, because I do like how it takes all of her backstory, which is a lot. It's convoluted. Um, it spans multiple multiverses um, and crises. Uh, mm. But instead of making that plot backstory, it's emotional backstory. Yeah. So what happens doesn't really matter as much as what it caused Power Girl to deal with emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that. I thought it was a very, very smart way of kind of taking the that that kind of history, but also contextualizing it in a more modern way. And yeah, and to to that point, like she even condenses towards the end, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm just a clone of this person, 
Well, it's like, okay, like, do I need to know the reasons? Sure, maybe I'd want to, but I think the more important part is like, why should I care about why and how that affects her? And I think that was really, really done. That was done really, really well where like, oh, you're a clone of this person and you don't feel good about yourself. Easy, I got that. I'm not Dude. a clone, but I get, I get it. I get sad about myself. <laughs> sure about that? I might be a robot, but you know. Well, when you're I'll when you come tell. off an assembly line, it's pretty easy to feel, uh, you know, like you're a clone, Marco. Don't call my mother an assembly line. <laughs> Moving right along, uh, I have I, I have never cared about Power Girl before this comic book because Leah Williams was able to tap into the part of this character that's like that just has self-esteem issues and they're warranted and they're justified. Um, but anyone, you know, regardless of your sex or anything like that can relate to, to this character, you know, and what she's enduring here. And I, I, I was like, man, imagine what it would feel like to be under the purview of Superman, but feel so unworthy of being, you know, considered like being in the super family or whatever and feeling ostracized from that. Like how much of a shit do you have to be? to not feel like you're able to be welcome in Clark Kent's home or as part of his family, you know, like obviously that's in her head. That's most Superman sidekick stories though. Like all of them have had to deal with that. Supergirl's had to deal with that. Connor's had to deal with that. John's always having to deal with that. Like living up to Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just meant like she's not just not worthy, she's not good. I yeah, I think I think that's the unique spin here. Mm. It's that you know uh, for example, uh, uh Connor's whole thing is that he's a clone of Superman and Lex Luthor, right? So he has to go through a whole identity crisis to prove his, you know, his worth and that he's he's good as well. But you know, uh, Power Girl here ha has the unique situation of she is not part of this family at all, but they want her. Um, and that's yeah, to to your point, like that's uh, uh, unique and good and 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 powerful. Like I, I really, uh, I really liked what Supergirl wrote about her in 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 her diary. I thought that was a really good uh twist hmm. on yeah on, on on what power girl would think and uh that that beat like those series of three panels so so good where she picks up the book and it's just like power girl is a lesser version of me that's how she tosses it and we're like oh damn but we don't but she's not gonna know surely it was gonna be something good and then she comes back to it and like just that series of uh, panels, that page is just excellent. Excellent. I had to, um, I had to grip my teeth at the contrivance of her discovering those pages. But that aside, <laughs> um, it was good stuff. She just reads super fast, Sean. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And and let's let's shift gears and talk about the art because I thought the art was great. Uh, Savage has done a lot of stuff that I've enjoyed and I think we've we've all enjoyed and she's very talented and that's on display here fully. I really, really love the panel choices. 
I thought that by and large, they were excellent. And you get pages. I'm going to just show off. This is literally a random page that I just flipped to. But I love this page because there's so much going on. And I feel like she was able to fit a lot into, I mean, there's a lot of panels. But if you look at the different kinds of panels here, I feel like this whole book is full of interesting page layouts. And, you know, not to denigrate Ramita, but the last book we just read, comparatively very simple layouts. And so there's nothing wrong with that. I like simple layouts, but I also like it when, you know, an artist is doing something a little bit different. And this book calls for that because of the environment that they're in. And so she does do things that are that are interesting and a little bit unique. Um, so I had fun with that. I especially like the coloring of it. The coloring is great. Yeah. There are yeah. certain colors like it's a very ethereal color palette. Uh, a lot of like whites and grays and light blues. But then it helps the reds of Power Girl and the Super Family like just pop. The red mm, yeah. of uh, Johnny Sorrow, his mask, just, just pops. Even Omen's green, it's completely separate from the rest of the color palette. So whenever Omen's on screen, that pops as well. Uh, screen, I mean page. Um, so I think that I, I really like that choice of it too. Uh, it really draws your eye to purposefully into certain parts of the book. Yeah, hard agree. That, that was a standout for me. That being said, I do have a, a criticism in that this might be my least favorite version of Superman that I've ever seen. Um, oh, that, that, spl that splash? The face. There's just something oh, okay. really wrong. He looks fake. He looks... I thought it was not really him when he first came on, on the page because the line, the way the lines are in his face just make him look almost like a robot or something like that. Like, it just doesn't look real. Like a red tornado and in a costume. I had I had a big big problem with that, but it's the only character whose face looked off to me. So I don't know what uh, happened. I there. I had a problem with some of her faces, um, and especially a lot of the um, the shadows and and lines on people's faces, mm -hmm. um, especially when they were doing something that wasn't like a standard face. Like if she furrowed her brow or whatever, there was a, a real deep like discoloring in the middle of her forehead that was just mm. weird. Yeah. Overall, awesome. Nice to see awesome. Earth Two Superman again as well. What do you mean? Uh, in the uh, when she goes, she does like the reality punch into the bathroom mirror, and you see like a, you know. Superman from uh, Infinite Crisis there and, and Crisis <laughs> Infinite Earths. Okay. Um, any thoughts on the backup story? Uh, yeah, I was not a fan of that. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no. This would have been a pick of the week if it weren't for the backup. That The backup literally annoyed me. I completely yeah. forgot about the backup. This was yeah. going to be my pick of the week. No, this mm. is still my pick of the week. The Power Girl stuff is still my pick of the week. Uh, the uh, fire and ice stuff can fuck off. <laughs> I like the art. Nice cartoon. I did too. Yeah, I opened the book and I was like, oh, it was like a, it feels like Erica Henderson almost. Mm. Uh, I was into it. It was fun, but the story itself, uh, yeah, not go yeah. away. The, the characterization for all four major characters, Guy, Fire, Ice, and Superman, felt like, um, almost like I was reading a Golden Books version of the characters. Yeah. Where it was like, all right, I need to take the bare um, essence of who they are and, and, and dumb it down entirely. Um, 
it just felt out of place for the book, really. It, it, it felt like I was reading Tiny Titans or something. Yeah, just not it for me. I already didn't care to read that book or to read their stories uh, just because, um, quite frankly, the fact that this version of Ice is not the exact same as Strange Adventures, I want no part of it. And that's something that... Um, Human Target. I'm sorry, Human Target, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I want no part of it. Either I'm getting that version or I don't care about the character. Why would you... I, I don't want to go on a whole rant. Anyways, she went, she went from a uh, 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 grizzled femme fatale to Discord kitten, bubbly. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. It just it was just weird. Um, but pull on the book overall. I think it's fantastic. I yeah. Now I cannot wait for Leo Williams' full uh, uh, run on Power Girl. Me too. I'm kind of excited for a Power Girl book. I'm, yeah, it's new words for me. <laughs> yeah, book of the week. Marco? I'm going to pull, but uh, not my book of the week. But Fair great. Enough. Okay. Well, maybe it's World Tree. World Tree number two. James Tinian on the words. Uh, Fernando Blanco on the art. Colors by Jordi Belair. Letters by Aditya Bidikar. And uh, I think we were a little bit mixed on this one last time. I was really high on it. And I got to say, this one was more of a mixed bag for mm -hmm. me. Um, I like what James Tidian is trying to do. And so this issue features um, not too, too many scenes, but a lot of talking. And it's a lot of character, like two characters having a conversation that's supposed to feel very off the cuff. It reminds me of like an excuse that like, don't get caught up in the name, but it reminds me of like Tarantino, right? Like we're in a, in a, in a Tarantino movie, like two characters might be having like a really long decompressed conversation. That's ultimately not about what's happening in the moment. But if you really think about it, maybe it kind of is mm -hmm. um, like a, a West wing walk and talk sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not, it's not an uncommon thing, but I think at least in this case, while I sort of got a chuckle out, chuckle out of it, with the FBI agents or whatever they were, um, I didn't think it was worth the page space. It was three pages of that conversation. And yeah, it gave me an idea of who these characters are to some degree, but I actually felt like we could have done something else, especially in an issue that features yet another scene where two people are talking a lot that again, doesn't go anywhere. Now that scene I think is better because of the fear, the, you know, the character yeah. and the the emotion that the scene is generating, but because both of those happen in the same comic book, it was overkill to me. I, you know, when you were saying like, "Oh, two characters talking for uh, a long amount of pages," I'm like, "Which one? <laughs> Which one are you talking about?" Right. It was just too much. Uh, are you are you saying you like the the dating conversation with the the two people? At the house. I'm sorry, I could better. have explained that better. The the scene with the because there were actually multiple scenes with two people talking, but the <laughs> one in which the the two the one person's in the house looking over the the destruction that 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 happened, all the the murder, and the other and they're on the phone with someone. Oh, oh that was tremendous. Yeah, that, that was, was fan. Yeah, that was a that great, was great. Yeah, um, but the other talky scenes that we got. I felt like they did. They were just overkill. It's too much. I feel like I've gotten used to that being sort of Tinian's bag. Like he'll have these moments where 
two people will have a conversation and we're just supposed to like take in the moment. So I, I didn't, I didn't feel like it bogged me down too much. Um, I had to do a little catch up cause uh, I didn't read the first one, but I think I didn't, I didn't mind the conversation. I like how Tinian is able to build a scene is able to set up a scene. And I think the art does a really good job of just keeping me on pace. Um, it flows really well. I think there are definitely moments where, uh, the panel layouts uh, are just, it's just these uh, four by threes. And um, I think that's conducive to having a book where you get a lot of speaking because you're taking it moment to moment to moment as opposed to like sometimes you'll have these larger panels and then like multi-bubbles. I don't always like that because that feels like it slows it down for me. Um, so I, I thought this was paced out well enough thanks in, par in large part to the art. I will say Tinian has a good a good voice for just conversation. Because hmm. um, I agree, it was used three times in this, Sean. Uh, I guess if you if you count the phone call, um, so it's and maybe a little, a little overused, but they sound like real people, which yeah. I think is honestly impressive. A lot of the times in in in, in comic books, you don't really get that, but. Um, it was a little like, all right, I kind of want to know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. mm. Especially since, since, I, since what is happening in this book is very obtuse. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, honestly, I, I felt the, there wasn't even like a delay between issue one and two, right? Like, this is relatively normal Not, besides the printing yeah. issue. Um, yeah, yeah. In fact, that would be less of a delay then because it'd be less of a window. Um, mm -hmm. But I did have a little trouble remembering what happened in the first one, to be honest. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and that's because, or at least in my opinion, that's because uh, nothing has really happened yet. And that's something that happened with Nice House on the Lake as well, where in the early beginnings of a series, this is just my theory, you're going to remember what happened and why it matters more than the people that it happened to. Because we don't know these people. We're just learning about these people. So if something big happens, it's like, oh, shit, yeah, that's right. That happened. Um, coming into this, I was like, wait, who are the main characters? Who are we following? What's going on? Like, I couldn't orient myself around anything. And that was something that consistently was an issue for me with Nice House. Yeah. With this, with this book, even in the first issue, it's hard to know who you're following because the only remarkable character is the naked woman going around killing people. Yeah. And I think Tinian is aware of that. And so he, he employed a, a strategy whereby um, whenever fear was in a scene, her name appeared in the beginning of the scene. And then he did the yeah. same thing in the next scene with Silk, where we saw the, the, the name Silk appear on the screen when the two agents are speaking. Liam appears on the screen in the next sequence. So he's telling us by putting their name on the on the page, who these people are, who the primary person is in a given scene, which I think is smart. Um, and I think that's a lesson learned from Nice House, which definitely had a say, problem. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't do that in Nice House because of the the narration uh, mechanic the device. that you used, the yeah. device, yeah. Um, so I appreciate that in this. Well, and that's what those symbols were supposed to be too. Uh, yeah. Right. right. Those are so, those are so opaque that it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, I like the fact though, that, it, you know, once again, 
and why I'm on the hook is that the the concept here is different. You know, the scene where the girl gets on the computer and she sees she logs into the undernet and she's just cooked. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was that was crazy. And I don't even know. Like, what is that? What like who can I can't relate to that. I don't know what that feels like. Was, There's nothing was me to when see. I when I found Internet porn for the first time. <laughs> but like when you think about horror, you think about like Freddy or Jason coming oh, okay. at you with, right. okay. with yeah. something to kill you with, right? Yeah, and you can just, it's just I get you. All right. <laughs> I've seen some things on the internet that might make me <laughs> lose it, but <laughs> she logged on to oh, E <laughs> Bombs World. Rotten.com. Let's just name them all. Yeah. You log into E Bombs <laughs> World and that's what happens to you. <laughs> Homestarwoto.net. <laughs> this is if you liked if you like this this stuff, guys, uh, check out the Patreon. That's literally yeah what we talk about for an hour. <laughs> oh my god, no! You got to look at this. <laughs> <laughs> That's me uh, finding a a, a LimeWire download of One Night in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Marco, you getting any of this? I know you all's world. Okay, all right. Oh my god, dude! Gentle boy. Gentle that reminds boy. me of when I saw that 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 video that two girls one cup. That was me. Oh, no. That was me. Oh my god! So, somebody so, in chat so just we, mentioned it. We joke about this, but I think this is what Tinian's actually trying to say. Like one hundred and fifty percent. Like the internet messed up an entire generation of people were like this is funny to joke about now a guy sitting on a glass mason jar and then it cracks in his ass that's funny to us you know mr hands hilarious wow yeah now oh, marco but who marco. knows the degree to which we're all traumatized and warped right by those things right. yeah which i the, guess is the, what he's saying the next step of it oh man uh yeah just to <laughs> pull it back <laughs> Uh, the I agree with you. Girlfriend got cooked, but how long is that gonna work in the you know in the similar vein to to Nice House? You know how forever. Long yeah, how many people are gonna accidentally log into stuff? <laughs> they, yeah. I work IT. I can tell you, happens a lot. <laughs> gonna happen twice. Don't, don't leave a terminal show. open. That's all I'm saying. Oh man! Wow. Um, I I'm just gonna say, Paul, this book's awesome. Still, I don't think it was yeah. as good as the first one, but I'm still into it. I like it. It's a pull for me. Yeah. Also, if you're if you're uh, built like fear, hit me up. Shoot my shot out there. Uh, just quickly, I also wanted to shout out the colors in mm. this. Um, Jordi Belair. Yeah. It really seems like she's doing something interesting with the colors. And I don't have you know, uh, much to go on yet as to, to what it all is, but the, the differences in between the reds and the blues is, you know, very clearly something very interesting. Mm. And right. She's, uh, sorry. And, and, and she's consistent in setting because there are moments where like the dark stuff, it's all clouded in this same kind of like muted tones. Usually at the beginning, it's, inside the house all browns towards the end where we're we're seeing the the two people talk it's this um 
like muted blue, but there's less contrast because you would think, oh, I'm carrying like a a red gasoline uh, bucket, and you know you that would have more contrast because it's in red as opposed to. Um, but then you're in this darker setting, so I don't know. It's, it's a lot of just like consistency in muting tone across the book. Yeah, the this, the scene <clears throat> I think visually that I like the most outside of the you know the hilarious stuff we just talked about is um you know in the scene where the two agents are speaking, um the way that the first of all the camera angle that's chosen for the first or uh, the second the first and second pages of that um more so the second one where it's that top that top down angle um i really like that i thought that was a great choice um it's sort of an establishing it, it, it's not an establishing shot i guess but it establishes that they're in an environment where something has happened and they need to cross the do not cross line which i thought you know i thought that was put together well but the coloring in that sequence where they're bathed in that like orangey-ish muted sort of color. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was great. Hmm. Um, great book all around. This is, this is good stuff. Yeah, Paul. All right. Let's get into the Rocketeer. I have been waiting to read a Rocketeer comic book for a really long time. Uh, I just didn't I know my way in. For you. Tyler, we can't hear you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm unmuted now. I, I was muted. Oh, okay. Um, were you trying to say something that you I wanted? I was just saying, I got recommendations if you, if you want some. Cargo okay. of Doom, really? Mark Wade, Chris Somney. Ooh. Yeah. So this this features three different Rocketeer stories. Uh, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo wrote the first one with art by Adam Hughes, letters by Karen L. Bates. Never have I read a Rocketeer story in my entire life, and I'm going to tell you guys right now that I thought this was awesome. Yeah, I really, yeah. really, really like this. I was, I, I was worried you weren't gonna, you weren't gonna like it just because like the time setting, it feels Sandman, like OG Sandman esque. It's just like a bit more retro. Nah, this was cool. I like the idea of heroes who are, you know, they're not really like in in involved in this whole big universe of other heroes, and they have this huge power. There's a dude with a with a. a, a What's the word? Jetpack. Jetpack. With a jetpack. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Jetpack and helmet. Yep. Yeah. I love that. And he's not saving the world. He's just like beating up thieves and things like that. Yeah. Dude, I love the Rocketeer. With his jetpack. Yeah. What, what, what's this. wild for me is I love the Rocketeer. Never seen the movie. Me neither. Yeah. I heard it wasn't it's been, great. It's, uh, no, it is. But no, it's yeah. been years for me. Yeah. Um. I, I love just pulp, pulpy, like yeah. this is like what I what I imagine, um, uh, like a Doc Savage is like. It feels like the shadow a yep. bit. Uh, it all feels like yep. it could be in that that uh, new new wave, Sean. That uh, that first, yeah, ne- uh, first wave, yeah, first wave, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the Rocketeer is like one of the most iconic characters that kind of fits that mold. Um, yeah, and you put Adam Hughes on art, and, and it's a it is a it's a it's a. It's not a bombastic story. It's a very small story about friendship, really. Uh, that, yep. that Hughes one. Um, I loved it, but I just love how like Adam Hughes just does whatever he wants now. It's just like right, I'm going to do a guest appearance on this. <laughs> I'm going to draw a couple pages in this one. I mean, I, it's this was my pick of the week, honestly. Nice, Same. A, a good, fun, wholesome one shot. 
and and the art i think across all three fit very very well like mm -hmm. they're i don't think there was a mismatch across any of it hughes um i've seen little of but i like after seeing this damn this is the kind of stuff you want on like a classic like a like a sandman like a uh a shade or something like it, this was a lot of a lot of fun to to just read through to see um and the stories were just that a few pages and i'm i'm happy i'm sated yeah I, um i like the whole like i'm like an indiana jones fan so like i mean we'll talk about the second story but like that this scratches my edge and i think that that second once you get the turn of the second story of what happens and what it's really about, I was like, oh, yeah. shit, there we go. That was cool Good. as shit. Yeah. Um, I never really heard of Amelia Earhart before. Um, really? <clears throat> so it was pretty cool. I don't know why you guys are looking at me like that. Um, it was pretty cool it's to like see American her Europe. story. I don't care. Um, it was pretty cool <laughs> to see her story through the eyes of someone else who was just her friend. And she's this huge, like, important person in the world, but she's just the pilot. And at the end of the day, that's all she wants to do. And his search for her, you know, he never stops to answer or to ask the question, does she want to be found? And for whatever reason, that's the that's what this book left me with. Like, hey, maybe she's off having another adventure. Maybe she's doing something cool. Who knows? Leave her alone. That's not for you. What was for him was the short relationship friendship that they got to have. And that gets to be beautiful without it going any further. Who knows what she's doing? And of course I thought that, that was interesting. Yeah. For that time period, too, it's great to see like just like a non-romantic. Honestly, like it was almost like a mentorship because she was much older than him when he was, when he was a kid. It, it was mm. more of a like like a little boy looking up to this huge female role model. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, Sean, Amelia Earhart, actual person who almost, oh, I believe, flew into the Bermuda Triangle. Great conspiracies there, if you want to delve into that. Very good conspiracies. That's why I was surprised you didn't hear that. Yeah, that's why her. I was surprised, yeah. Well, yeah, they referenced that in the book, and I was like, oh, huh, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe I might, I might have to learn more about this. So that's kind of interesting. Good Doctor Who episode she's into. Oh, really? I love how everyone's so surprised that I don't know Amelia Earhart. You're the conspiracy like, guy, so I thought, like, yeah, well, and not even, not even just the conspiracy angle of it, but like, it was a massive thing, you know, in the 30s when it happened. So much so, we're not as old as you. At, now. Uh, <laughs> but, but, I, I mean, let me get through the fucking sentence. Like, <laughs> every every pop culture item has referenced it for. 70 years since like yeah. it's massive not to me we're not talking we're not <laughs> talking charles Lindbergh here you know hey man listen i'm black i have different heroes than you <laughs> give me that one <laughs> <laughs> talk to me about frank lucas okay anyway the second story uh and frank i know amelia Earhart. <laughs> <laughs> my ass is like frank lucas the kid from uh earthbound <laughs> No, Frank Lucas, very famous drug dealer, the subject of the American Gangster movie. Keep up. Oh. Um, I'm just kidding. So the sec but the second story was the one that Tyler really liked. Yeah. Well, no, that's one of, that wasn't even my favorite story of the bunch, but I did like it because it kind of plays with like having Indiana Jones cameo on it, even though they can't do it. 
but they use silhouettes and they don't name him and they changed hair color. But uh, it was like, all right, cool. It's cool to see as close as those two interacting as we can get. Yeah. Though, I think Disney yeah. did do the Rocketeer movie and they own Indiana, Indiana yeah. Jones. So like maybe, but I uh, thought it was kind of dumb. Damn. Hot take, Hale. It just didn't. Yeah, it just didn't do anything for me. And I think it's because it was so short. Sure, yeah. And they had to kind of dance around it. I just like, that's not an Indiana Jones story that I want. Hmm. It was I fun. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I also Jinx. liked how the, the who, Sean, who was the artist on the second one? Oh, uh, the second one was Craig Cermak. And it was written, by the way, by Kelvin Mao with colors by Laura Martin. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. I liked Laura how the Martin. punching in it felt so, like, sock, you know? Like, it, it felt mm-hmm. very much um, Batman animated series whenever he punched anyone. Like, it had, like, a weird motion to it that felt very classic, just fisticuff sort of thing. And I don't know how to describe how they managed to pull that off. I just well, noticed it. It was a lot of uh, onomatopoeia, like, the they jab, were, yeah. the collapse, yeah. the... Uh, even when the police officer is sleeping, bam, clang, smash, right? And he like wakes up, what's going on? You know, and, like uh, that was used incredibly well. Um, it was fun, dude. Yeah, this was great. I I also, so speaking of things I didn't know, I didn't know that uh, this character who Rocketeer is in love with, his love interest is inspired by Betty Page. I mean, she looks like Betty yeah. Page, but I was shocked at the fact that um, that you could just use her likeness in this. I thought she was only for uh, dynamite or whatever. Well, this the creation of the Rocketeer and this character would have been well before dynamite had the had the license. When did Rocketeer oh. come out? I think it was created in the eighties. Well, no? in the back it says um, there was a whole story about Betty and uh, the creator Dave Stevens, and it says he started creating in seventy five. Um, in 82, uh, the Rocketeer debuted. So, um, wow. Yeah. Uh, Kale, what's that one series? Um, hockey record, the escapist. It feels like that vibe of very noir, very pulp. And, and I'm, I had no idea that he was like older in the, in, in terms of, you know, 1982, because the escapist is also relatively like in the two thousands, nineties and has that same aesthetic. Well, the escapist would be noir pulp, the rocketeer straight pulp. Yeah, the rocketeer might as well be. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, big opinions on uh, the rocketeer in this house. <laughs> what is going on? Um, uh, shout out Jay Lee. Uh, so that that like no, don't, four page. Don't shout out Jay Lee. Stop it. Hey, shut I'm, up. What? Kale, you got to admit that was some good Jay Lee. I'll, I'll fight all three of you, dude. <laughs> we can scuffle because you cannot sit here and tell me. That Jade Lee's art in this comic book wasn't phenomenal. It was so good. And it was weird. He fought a like, plane. Yeah, it, it, it was like light and like it was in the daytime. It wasn't some weird horror mystical shit. It was like, oh, this, I'm going to do some somewhat wholesome art. Uh, and I was like, oh, but yeah, Jade Lee's got it. It still had that Jay Lee feel to it. Sure, like, sure. Like, as like, it should. Like you, right. you might have microdosed a little bit, you know? Yeah. Oh, so Nothing. good. Wow, I didn't know we had a hater in our midst. 
He's he's been a vocal hater. Uh, yeah, oh, dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been a that was the first opinion I had about comic books was I do not <laughs> like Jay Lee. Came out of the room oh. that way. Shoot. Fucking uh, six years old going, I hate this guy. Everybody looks like a raisin. Wow. Slander. Specifically the California uh, Robert, raisin. Uh... Robert Wyndham wrote that last story. We mentioned Jay Lee already on the art. Ro- Colors Robert. by June Chung and letters by Crank. Um, oh, it's a Jason simple Statham story. Movie. There's not Great really movie. a lot to. Sorry. Great movie by Jason Statham with Jason Statham in it. Never saw it. Um, it's a very very simple story. Not Crank, the comic, the the, <laughs> the Rocketeer story here. Um, but the art is really the showcase of this one, and it's. I mean, if you like Jay Lee, um, I was really really happy to see that he was here. I didn't buy this knowing that I would get to see uh, Jay Lee art, but I was happy I did. Yo, I I want these pages. Like this shit was good. Hell yeah, love it. Uh, easy pull. I I really went between all the books we've talked about so far as my pick of the week. Honestly, I thought they were all really high quality. So, um, yeah, pull easy. Buy pull. the Rocketeer. Buy it. Why not? I honestly one my one knock on this was that it's a one shot. I was like, I'm okay with like an anthology. Like, just give me like a couple more of these. Like, yeah, I want to go back. Just do little things. Make them bigger too. Yeah, yeah. Like physically bigger. More, more pages. Oh. Yeah. Or physically bigger. I mean, make the art bigger. Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, all artist edition size books. Actually, I was making a joke, but. But. So let's talk about the North Valley Grimoire number one. Now we had a little bit of an issue. Um. So the rest of the guys were actually not able to get this. Uh, I guess it was only available physically, and I I picked it up, um, but they weren't able to get it. Yeah. So I will be speaking about it. I just as I drop the comic. Great start. Yeah. So it's a what not publishing thing. So like it kind of makes sense that it's physical only. Nah, cater to me, dude. I, I'm a comics reader. Come on, we're in 2023. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But let's. Talk, I mean, I'll, I'll. I guess we'll talk about the issues of that after Sean tells us if it was good. Well, you know, since you guys can't talk about the book, I thought I would also just show off once again the Sean Gordon Murphy variant double that I think is oh, so good. Did you double dip before we told you we couldn't read it? Dude, I, not only did I double dip before you guys told me you could read it, I double dipped before I even knew if I cared about this comic book. I bought these right then and there at Midtown. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I see Sean Gordon Murphy art. I, ju- I buy it. That's it. Fair. Um. And I'm glad I did. I actually really enjoyed this. So the creative team is uh, Blake Northcutt, who is a writer of novels um, as well. And so this was actually released as a novel already. Um, And this is an adaption of that. Um, Giuseppe Carafo on art, Brian Valenza on colors, and Northworld Publishing on the letters. I'll make this really fast. Um, I enjoyed this a lot. It is a magic story. In a lot of ways, which we've been getting a lot of, I feel like, in comics. Um, And so it has DNA with a lot of other things that you can imagine. But it features adults. And so it's not a Harry Potter clone or anything like that. Um, It's a slicker book than that. It's got some James Bond to it, where one of the main characters that we follow is a very cool, you know, agent. Um, Oh, that looks nice. Sorry, Tyler. The art looks good. The art's very good. The art is very, very high quality. I couldn't even um, find preview pages for it. Like, it's very mystery. That's weird. Yeah. I don't understand. 
it looks very uh, early McKelvey. Oh. The art. Uh, from here, anyway. You know, across the pond. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've never seen Giuseppe Carafo's art before, but I was extremely impressed by it. Um, it's got a, a scratchiness that I really, 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 really like. Um, I don't want to say it reminds me of, of, of Gordon Murphy fully, but maybe a little tiny bit. Um, and, and echoes of other creators too. But the other thing I wanted to shout out as well, um, on the art side of things, is actually the special effects in the way that they would showcase or describe where we are. I don't know how well you guys will be able to see this, but right there in the corner, uh, in the establishing shot that we're in London, there's this really cool graphic that says it's London and then it shows like a little bit of the map of of London um and so you can see that there and the flag and they do that every time that we switch locations so i thought that was really slick i just wow. heard the austin powers like uh intercut theme in my head when you showed me that panel <laughs> um i like the characters a lot i will say that the book doesn't probably do anything like relevatory, but there is a cool twist at the end that makes me want to come back. So hats off to the creative team. I will certainly um, be coming back for this. This was a big surprise for me. Um, it's not the best book I read this week, but it's the book that had the most heavy lifting to do because these are all brand new characters. And I think Blake Northcutt did an admirable job alongside the art team who were all phenomenal. Um, colors, letters included. Great job. Did it? I know Blake's worked on. I think like she worked in Catwoman, I believe. So this isn't her. This isn't her yeah, first rodeo. Right. Um, in terms oh, of really? comics, her second. Yeah, at least yeah. her second. Nice. And and for anybody interested in the art, um, I shared in the chats the uh, link to their Instagram page. Um, solid stuff. Really good stuff. Is there Lovecraftian yeah. stuff in here, Sean? Um, the cover shows a big old kind... tentacle. Kind of. There is a grimoire, you know, and, and whenever there's that, you can expect some horror yeah, stuff. Fair, yeah. The most horror or, or Lovecraftian thing that happens is something that I don't think I want to spoil, okay. um, but it is a really cool moment towards the very, very end of the book where the main character does something fucking crazy that you kind of just have to see for yourself. But it does lean into the question that you just asked me. Well, um, once if it ever gets released digitally, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Roboters 100 says I'm not the biggest fan of Sean Gordon Murphy but I will not deny he can draw I can draw his ass off personal opinions aside wherever you land with that is whatever but in terms of craft I think he's super talented Um, yeah so really enjoyed this I, I think you should go out and pick it up if you can Uh, alright so let's tell you guys the books that we're excited for next week in a little segment we call Pals Pulse uh, Sean you're uh, reading a book called Venom. Venom number 20. 20? am I? Oh, God, I'm so behind. <laughs> I think that Venom is my favorite ongoing book right now. Wow. Damn. Are you reading it's Carnage? That, uh, I fell off Carnage, but I also really like Carnage, too. Uh, and I will I, be yeah. finishing it up before we speak with Rom. Oh, good. Good, because I am. Carnage is one of the very few books that I am up to date on. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, Venom Venom is great. Obviously, that's Al Ewing and Rom V together. Um, but it's a knockout story that will change your mind on Eddie Brock and Venom if you're a hater. And it will reinvigorate your love for the character and really kind of teach you who the character really is if you're looking for more. So there's no reason not to buy this. It's been phenomenal. 
Tyler, we can't hear you. All right, so we also have Loki number one, Sean. Ooh, look at this. Dan Waters. Team. Not just Dan Waters. Armand Peralta. Yes. And Mike Spicer. So, I wasn't looking forward to this at all before the seasons have teeth, which is another Dan Waters book that I believe is coming out through Boom, and that's been great. So because of that, I'm excited for more Dan Waters, and this is the most immediate book that I know of that he's doing, so I'm all in on Loki. Um, not a character that I care about too much in the comics as an individual, more so the things that he does in other people's books. So I'll give the benefit of the doubt that Dan Waters can tell a compelling story with Loki. Uh, and Kale was here. Uh, well, actually, we're at Marco's now. So uh, Marco, Dark Knights of Steel, number 11 of 12. Consistently just a, a fun-ass book. Mm -hmm. uh, it took a little bit of a break, so it's kind of so it's back. And uh, I'm just excited to read more. And uh, this has been a knockout team. Um, I think what, uh, what, what Tom Taylor's been doing is very Game of Thrones-esque, and I'm in for it. And a uh, particular shout-out to Yasmin Putri, mm -hmm. who uh, her art is just wild. Like The fact that she's not on more books is mind-boggling to me. She absolutely needs to get, like, honestly, she's like, Dan Mora levels, yep. and he's doing covers on this. She's phenomenal. Yeah, um, I'm also up to date on this, and I, I think this is a really good book. Yeah, and it's going to end, dude. Issue 11 of 12. I'm sad. Penultimate. Yeah. Uh, and you also wanted to check out something called Sins of the Salton Sea by Ed Brisson and C.P. Smith. Yeah, um, so this is AWA, uh, Artist Writers and Artisans. Anything that they've been putting out, in my opinion, has been standout. And uh, so anytime that they have a new book coming out, this one being Ed Brisson, who, you know, we've interviewed in the past and um, generally enjoy his books, I'm down to try this out. And artist C.P. Smith, there's a few preview pages out there, and I dig the art. So um, I'm in on this series. And the premise itself uh, seems fun, part cult-based horror and then, you know, thriller chase movie. So um, I'm in for it. It's going to be crazy. I can't wait. Oh, yeah? Really cool cover. I love Ed Brisson. Ed yeah. Brisson is the man. Yeah, I'm excited big, for this. You're a big Brisson boy. Mm -hmm. um, I want to check out Shazam number two. Um, I really like that first issue. So uh, Great movie, dude. I haven't seen it yet. I can watch it whenever now, but uh, I have no urge to. Um, yeah, Shazam number two. Uh, it, that first issue blew my pants off. I still am pantsless. I have not put pants on since. Um, Stand up and prove it. We're live across, across three platforms right now, Sean. You want us to lose our livelihood here? Stand um, up. You're, you're, so you're freeballing it? You're not wearing <laughs> I'm Donald Ducking it right now, dude. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Um, do it. Prove it. Do it. Do it. Call his bluff. Call his bluff. Uh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I have gray thighs, guys. I need to go to the doctor. Uh, I also want to check out uh, Steelworks, number one. This is written by Michael Dorn. I like Worf. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, Michael Dorn, that handsome son of a gun. I want to see what he can do in terms of a, a DC comic. He also uh, he has history with Steel as a character, so I'm excited for that. Uh, and Kale, I know people on the YouTube chat uh, are mentioning this, and we haven't mentioned it yet, but Flash number 800 is what you're picking. Flash 800, yeah. Uh, very excited for this... Uh... Uh, anniversary issue. Um, it's going to have Wade, Jeff, uh, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson, J. 
Jeremy Adams, um, and then Sykesburger here. But four out of five ain't bad. Um, Isn't Sykes going to be the new ongoing writer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So it's going to have, you know, uh, uh, look back stories with Wade, Johns, and uh, Adams, and, and Williamson, and then a look at what the future is going to be with Cyspurrier. Um, I think it's really cool. Man, Mark Wade's Flash is one of the first DC books I ever bought. Yep. It was Jeff like Johns a, was mine. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was like a, a Grodd story that I picked up at a Barnes and Noble. Man, I loved it. It was dumb. I remember being stupid, but it was just wholesome good stuff. So. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'll check this out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's uh, we're pulling. All right. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We appreciate you all incredibly much. Uh, We have a big show coming up on Saturday where we will be interviewing Rom V live. So if you enjoy watching us live or if you never have before, but you want to hear our Rom V interview first before it's up anywhere else, uh, come Saturday live on Twitch and YouTube, 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. If you've got questions for Rom, uh, I'd recommend sending them early. If you are a patron, if you're a member of patreon.com slash the comics pals, then regardless of when you get your question to us, it will absolutely be asked to ROM. That's a comics pals guarantee. Um, but if, otherwise, get it in early so that we have them. Um, asking questions live, you know, might we might not see them. So get them in early. Um, and there's a lot of other great stuff happening on our Patreon page. So check it out. Um, we've got newsletters. Uh, Kale just dropped his. Uh, we've got, uh, uh, Tyler, was it you? Did I, I mean, you were pointing at yourself. No, I was pointing down to Kale on the, on the oh, screen. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, Marco's oh, below you for huh. me. Um, but, uh, yeah. So Kale just put up his newsletter. We've got pal- new palling around over there. You get a nickname and a shout out on the show and a whole bunch of other stuff. Check us out on patreon.com slash the comics pals. Watch this show live every single Thursday at 6 PM Eastern. We're going to be talking next week about the big flash milestone and uh, a bunch of other books. If you want to influence the books that we read, just like readers did this week, um, you can do that every single Friday on our Twitch or Twitter page. Rather, um, there's a poll that goes up, and you can vote. And whatever wins the poll will be added to this show for review. This week, we added two books because why not? Um, thank you all so much Sorry. for listening. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Tyler. One thing: um, our, uh, our Across the Spider Verse review will be coming out on YouTube on Sunday. So yes, look out for that too. Yes. I'm actually on my way to go watch that movie right now. So until next time, see you guys. Take care. Bye guys. See you in the Spider-Verse.